Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people you do business with. And I'm really excited today to be joined by Dr. Joel Kahn. He is the owner of the Kahn Center for Cardiac Longevity. And we have some very interesting topics to cover. I mean, heart disease is the number one killer in the United States, but it is also extremely treatable, reversible. Sometimes people just wait too long. And Dr. Kahn has a very interesting insight and process of how he does it. And uh, so again, we're happy to have him on today. Dr. Khan, how are you doing? I am really good. And I'm always fired up to talk about preventing the number one killer in the Western world. And really, there's going to be one person or five people or 10 people listening to this that it may actually save their life. So that to me is really, really great. That's our goal here. Even if we can save one life, you know, this is well worth our time. So let's talk about yourself a little bit and your background and um, you went from an invasive cardiologist to now more of the preventative side. Just tell people a little bit why you made that switch. Um, I kind of always did both. I trained at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. I'm from Detroit. I trained in Dallas and Kansas City. And it's been a long time ago, but 1990, if you don't mind the expression, I was the badass uh, cardiologist in Ann Arbor. You gave me bad blockages and I knew how to get in them, get out of them throughout the heart. But I had, even before that, adopted an all plant-based diet. I did that in undergrad first year. Um, so before I was a cardiologist, I was a plant eater. We didn't really use the term vegan or whole food plant-based. But the point was, in my personal life, I was working out, I was eating well, I wasn't perfect. I mean, I obviously wasn't smoking. But I was aware that prevention was a real goal. And then all of a sudden, just three weeks after I started my first job, 1990, a study was published by somebody who's the real leader, uh, Dr. Dean Ornish, that you could reverse established blockage using diet, stress management, fitness. But it was published in you know, a premier medical journal, widely celebrated. And then Everybody forgot about it because we had bypass surgery. We had balloons. A little later on, we had stents, uh, which were much better than balloons. But it was always you know, known to me and part of my practice. I'd be treating Mr. Joan or Mrs. Smith's heart attack and talking to them about oatmeal salads, bean chilies, and meat substitutes. Uh, until about six years ago, I had already gone back to a university and gotten an advanced degree if I was going to throw away my balloons and stents. I wanted to make sure I really, really knew all the tools, the tricks, the science of prevention. And, uh, you know, they're both fun careers, but I want to put my former self out of business by basically <laughs> making it unnecessary to need emergency catheterization, emergency stents, emergency bypass. And again, everybody listening today has an opportunity very simple. And this isn't about an elite program or an expensive program or an exotic program. In the next two weeks, anybody listening can actually find out if they have silent heart disease and start digging into what the heck to do about it. And if you don't have silent heart disease, then you better make some changes to make sure you can preserve that special health gift that, you know, maybe 40% of people really are walking through their life without any signs of heart disease. But I can figure it out. That's what we do every day in my clinic. And there's just, there's so many different aspects of heart disease too. I mean, you hear stories of people that are physically perfectly fit, um, exercise all the time, but sometimes it's hereditary. So it's important, right. even if you feel like you're in perfect health, just to get checked out, at least know where you're at. 
Yeah, and just to follow up on your statement, there are also different kinds of heart disease. I'm not talking about children born with holes in their hearts. I'm not going to talk about strokes today, although a lot of what goes on in the heart goes on in the brain vessels. Erectile dysfunction, a male topic. A lot of what goes on in the heart goes on below the belly button. Very important clue to heart disease. We're talking about clogged arteries. You're born with gorgeous arteries through your body. And many of us, by the time we're 40, we're all gummed up and we don't know it. And at 45, we're having a heart attack. We may or may not you know, make it through. So we're talking about hardening of the arteries, atherosclerosis. That's what does what you just mentioned. Damn, Tom and Sally looked so good last week when we saw them. I can't believe they're gone because that's what a heart attack can do without warning. Hundreds of thousands. I mean, that's hundreds of thousands of people in the United States every year, despite pandemic, before the pandemic, were uh, dropping dead without any warning. And every one of them could have been identified as being at some risk you know, a week before, a month before. It's, it's not hard. So when we talk about identifying, I think on your website, you had four pillars that you can kind of look at that really help people see where they stand. And I want to kind of break all of those down, um, starting with arterial age and knowing your arterial age. That's, I think, a good starting point. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that goes back to a English physician, unbelievably 400 years ago, Dr. Uh, Sidingham very well known in England and all through Europe, kind of the Hippocrates of his day in the 1600s. And he made a famous statement, I think based on autopsy, because that's what was available then. You know, a man is as old as his arteries. And of course, now we'd say a human is as old as their arteries and we keep everything else out of it. Um, but uh, that was a concept that really has to this day not really entered you know, medical practice. I challenge anybody listening. When was the last time you were at a routine physical with your primary care doc? And they said, we really should determine how old your arteries are. And I'm assuming these are people that haven't had bypass dense heart attacks because those are old arteries. Those are not healthy arteries. I don't care what age you are. Uh, that's aging. But, you know, uh, Tom, Mary, Bob, Sue, you know, let's figure it out. And then we can decide if we need to add more medication, change your diet, get you back in the gym. Let's figure out your arterial age. And there's two simple ways to do that, but I'll let you lead the charge. So what, I guess the, the main question is what is a safe zone? Like if someone's 45 years old, what's the safe zone for their arterial age to be in range of their actual age? Right. Um, you know, and, and there are many, uh, well, there are basically two ways to do that directly that are available to people. And they often talk about, just to tell you the language, statistics, what percentile are you in? You're a 48-year-old man and you go for one of the two studies we'll talk about in a minute. And the report comes back, you're in the 30th percentile. That means compared to other 48-year-old men, you're better than average. Now, 20th percentile is even better. 10th percentile is even better. And it works, unfortunately, very commonly the other way, you know. Uh, Steve, you're 48 years old, but this study says your arteries are like a 64-year-old man, and it was compared to other people your age, so it's pretty fair statistical comparison. We got work to do, and you can put an actual age on it. My reports that I generate in my clinic by a simple ultrasound will say exactly that. You're 48 years old according to your driver's license, but your arteries say you're 62 years old. You know, that really, frankly, upsets people and it gets them pointed in the right direction. And it, and it improves, it'd be worthless to measure it, 
if we couldn't do something to actually influence it. Yeah, that seems like the perfect starting point. You kind of have your basis that you work from, you know, to get better from there. So as far as determining that age, it's just a simple, is it anything more than the ultrasound that you mentioned to, to do that? There's two things everybody can do. And I'm not speaking specifically, again, to people who already had a heart attack, a bypass, a stent. They have old arteries and they need to do everything they can to keep the arteries from aging and actually work on reversing, which we've had really good science for more than 40 years that you can actually reverse clogged arteries to some degree, maybe not all the way back to when you were 15. So number one, uh, essentially every hospital in the United States and most Western countries of medium to large size offer a CAT scan, a CT scan. It's called a coronary artery calcium CT scan. We call it a heart artery calcium CT scan. But you lie on a stretcher, you go in a tube, you hold your breath and you go home. There is no IV, there is no needle, there's no injection, there's no exercise, it's not a stress test, but it makes a quick x-ray image. It exposes that person who believes they have no heart disease to about the same radiation that a mammogram does for a woman, but you do this test maybe once in your whole life. So comparatively, it's very low radiation and there's no allergies because there's no iodine dye given in the rest. Um, the report comes back. Your heart arteries have zero calcium. That puts you at that very young arterial age. You're 48 years old and you just found out that your arteries are doing wonderful. And some of those people are actually, and don't spread the word, smokers, high cholesterol, overweight, diabetic. Those are called risk factors and never ignore them and always work on them. Well, everybody's heard of somebody, the oldest woman in the world died at age 122 as a smoker. I mean, those risk factors don't always predict accurately either your arterial age or your ultimate lifespan. Obviously don't smoke, quit now immediately. But anyways, the CT scan, when it was introduced 1990, so quite a long time ago, but in the state of Michigan, it was introduced in 1995. It, it cost about $1,200 out of pocket to get a coronary artery CT scan. It was a pretty elite study, uh, although motivated people heard about it and went and got it done very safely. It's now free in Cleveland. If you go to the University Hospital in Cleveland and say, I want a coronary artery calcium scan, they have enough commitment to the health of the public. They actually don't charge for it and they haven't charged for it for years. In most cities, it's 50 to $150 cash and you pay for it. In most cities, um, insurance won't cover it for reasons you can learn about in the state of Texas, it is covered by insurance. There's a wonderful documentary. Don't take it just from me. Watch a documentary on Netflix called The Widowmaker Movie all about why in the state of Texas, this scanning procedure is offered to all citizens at age 50 and covered as part of a state insurance program. So uh, I urge everybody to get more information through that documentary. Now, usually you have to ask your primary care doctor. This is wickedly sad because we've had this study for more than 30 years and it can identify good news or rather disturbing news but most primary care docs still don't order it. Only in the last two years has the American Heart Association, the Canadian Cardiology Society and others started to say, if your cholesterol's up and you think you're fine, this was probably the test to ask your primary care doc for. But that hasn't actually reached 
most of the primary care docs. So you may have to educate your primary care doc that um, there's books written on this topic. I will be a little promotional, but I actually wrote this book seven years ago, Dead Execs Don't Get Bonuses. I redid it about two years ago, updated it. And all it does is ask people to understand that these tests are out there and available. Um, and here you can see uh, a woman without any needles or injection going into a tube for about 10 seconds. It's easy to test. And you get pictures that show if your heart arteries are full of calcium, which is aging, that's why we call it hardening of the arteries because calcium ages arteries or not. So it's simple to do, everybody should do it. Maybe you really got, if you've been a former smoker, if your brother had a stent at age 42, do it between age 40 and 45. There's a lot of people have heart attacks before they're 45. I think 45 is a great age for everybody except those higher risk people. But if you've had a stent or bypass, you don't need this test. This is for the unknown huge number of people, executives, business people, teachers, husbands, wives. And it's not just a male thing. I mean, women get heart disease as often as men. On average, they get it about 10 years later than men. So I wouldn't rush. Up. If a 45-year-old woman was leading a healthy lifestyle, still having periods, pretty low risk, unless her family history is you know, just scary. But by age 50, I want a woman to have this test too. It's, it's statistics. It's not a sexist, gender-based thing. And so the other test is to complete it. If you can find the proper office, I happen to be uh, one of those offices in Southeastern Michigan, the Con Center, you can do a very special ultrasound to the carotid arteries and you can get arterial age. And I wasn't really preparing exhibits, but I'm in my office and I have these around I'm covering a patient's age. This little study shows that a woman who I believe is age 61 her right carotid is completely free of plaque. That's gorgeous. Left carotid has one little spot. It is actually pretty small. And I can read through the paper when we first did this three years ago, she was 58, but her arterial age said 62. Her arteries were a little older than the average 58 year old woman. I'm proud to say now she's 61 and it says her arterial age is actually that of a 47 year old. Wow. We dropped her arterial age. She changed her diet. She started to exercise. I use special magic beans, supplements, vitamins, and if needed, prescription drugs. That is not unusual in my practice to see a decade or more reversal of arterial age. I mean, your arteries are kind of waiting to do this, but it's nobody's fault. Doctors just don't know frequently that this is predictable, reliable. It's worth the effort. I like hamburger. Okay, would you like younger arteries? Yes, maybe we should need hamburger. I mean, you gotta make some changes. It's not gonna happen doing nothing with sport. It's funny, sometimes I think we're more worried about what we put in our cars, our vehicles, than we are and what we put in our own bodies, you know? Oh, doubt about it. You know, we planned vacations, at least pre-pandemic, with more care and precision than we planned <laughs> the health effort, over and over. We assume we're okay. And this is not about scaring people. But you can ask anybody who's had a big heart attack, if you could have found out five years ago that this was brewing and would have saved you a bypass or seven medicines you take every day or you're short of breath walking in the mailbox, would you have done things different five years ago to prevent this? I mean, we all probably, hopefully would say, yeah, I would do that. You know, some of us have addictions that are so 
difficult to tobacco and other vices. But um, for most of us, we want a heads up. I mean, we know we need to do the right thing. Sometimes we need to be smacked with data to really adopt the right thing. So on that note, it's, it's very easy to get the arterial age. It's not an expensive process and it's a quick process. So once we've established that baseline and where we need to improve, I want to talk about a couple of items in regards to food and diet and eating on your site. So there's okay. the two extremes. You've got fasting, of course, but you got to eat too. And I thought your plant animal ratio was a good way to simplify and kind of look at it as well. Yeah. You know, I adopted a completely plant diet, meaning fruits, vegetables, every kind of bean, pea, lentil, and every kind of whole grain from brown rice, white rice, 100% uh, whole wheat foods and all. Uh, essentially at age 18, there was a reaction to horrible food in the, in the um, dormitory. Uh, and my mother's normally good cooking. I couldn't find anything like it, a few other factors. Uh, and I'm still alive at age 62 and uh, pretty darn healthy, pretty darn flexible, pretty darn grateful for not depending on drugs and surgery. Uh, I've got a lot of natural health going on. Um, just to cut it to it, but I'm not telling people you need to do that. You can, of course, the plant movement, the vegan movement has gotten a lot more press exposure. The food industry's exploding. There won't be much animal food to buy in 10 years because we can make it all, we can produce it all, and it's going to be much better for the environment and hopefully a little better for humans, definitely better for animals. We won't need to have as many animals and livestock. Uh, but anyways, that's my own viewpoint. You don't have to do that. But there's certainly complete unanimity amongst 98% of scientists, researchers, public health people. Load your plate with fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, peas, lentils. If you want to leave a little bit of your plate for a small, uh, you know, grilled chicken, uh, grilled salmon, um, piece of better than average beef, uh, pork, lamb, that's your choice. But make it small, make some of the meals without it and uh, make it good quality. But, you know, load your food, your food plate. That was what was proposed by the USDA 10 years ago in a beautiful food plate. That's what was confirmed by the Harvard School of Public Health 10 years ago in a beautiful food plate. Little tiny section for your protein, which for me is beans. You do what you want. Um, but recently, Canada, Australia, Italy, everybody that's updated their governmental recommendations, it, they're using identical kind of uh, platform. Nobody's recommending ketogenic diets for the public in terms of public health. Nobody's recommending I mean, you can do a paleo diet that looks a little bit like that food plate, although they're not usually too happy about the whole grains and the legumes. There's a little variability. It's going to be this plant forward, Mediterranean, DASH diet, or completely plant-based diet, like a lot of athletes are doing. Go watch the documentary, The Game Changers movie. Um, and, you know, a lot of concepts like chicken is super healthy. Not in America, the way we completely uh, abuse animals, but more importantly, inject them with hormones and antibiotics and stressful circumstances with a lot of disease. Fish is always healthy. Fish, and I, I wish it wasn't the case. I'm not wishing this on anybody, but fish are called bioaccumulators. They really can absorb and save chemicals like PCB, DDT, mercury in their flesh, in their fat, more than most other animals 
So we don't have the same fish we had 50 years ago. I mean, it's rather tragic, but the public needs to also be aware that this is, uh, you know, the real deal, that they got to be more plant forward than ever. And it's better for the environment, without a doubt. So um, that's how food works. When I try and achieve what I showed you, I'm going to, on that carotid study where that woman dropped her arterial age by about 15 years in just three years, I mean, I'm going to teach them about the science, Dr. Ornish, Dr. Esselstyn, Dr. Um, Neil Barnard, Mr. Nathan Pritikin, more up-to-date studies. There's so many hundreds of studies that say plants, 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 plants win, and animal foods promote cancer, diabetes, obesity, dementia. And some people eat these foods and do fine. It's just like smoking. It's not a one-to-one. -one. But if you want to up the chances, your arteries are going to stay healthy. Better be a darn big salad in your future and a darn big bowl of oatmeal, you know, pretty much every day. And I think a lot of people understand that, but maybe they don't really put it to practice until maybe they see their arterial age and they see the gap that they need to close. And then that's ultimately usually what forces that kind of change. You know, a celebrity dies, an athlete dies, a brother or sister-in-law dies. It gets a lot of people thinking about it for about a week. And some of them will actually go forward and, uh, and, and get the proper testing and make the proper changes. But generally, it's another day you woke up feeling okay. It doesn't mean it's another day that your arteries are necessarily healthy. And then what about fasting? What are some things that you've seen that have been successful around that? Yeah, that merges into another thing I teach patients in my clinic, which is the evolving science of aging, slowing aging, anti-aging. We got a lot to learn, but across experiments in animals, pretty uniformly, if you reduce the amount of calories they eat every day without starving them, they tend to be healthier and live longer. You translate that into humans. There are humans who try and eat 20 or 30% calories less every day as their strategy. And there actually is science behind it, relatively limited, but there is still science that actually might work and slow down aging. But most of us aren't really, you know, into that, uh, you know, have a purposeful plan of eating 400 calories a day less than you used to. It's a little tough. Um, and then there is intermittent fasting. And I teach my patients about a professor in Los Angeles by the name of Dr. Longo, L-O-N-G-O. And anybody that knows fasting knows Dr. Longo, probably the most famous scientist in the field. And Dr. Longo has developed torture yourself for five days, not every day. So it's a program. It's actually prepackaged through a business that he set up with the University of Southern California, although any profits go to cancer research, not to his pocket. So it's pretty clean. But this little box, it's called Prolon, P-R-O-L-O-N. And Prolon will um, torture you on 800 calories a day for five days. It's actually not torture, but it's a little less than most of us eat on average in a five-day stretch. And then you go back to a healthy diet and the science behind using, it's called the fasting mimicking diet because you actually eat a little bit every day, but you get the health benefits of fasting. You sort of renew, regenerate, repair tissues in the body. So that's what I teach patients and that's what I do myself every so often. And fasting is not easy. 
Um, you know, it takes some time, like how long of a period of time just to set a realistic expectation for your patients does it take to start a pattern of fasting to, you just become used to it? Um, you know, the response to Dr. Longo's program uh, is usually 90%. This was amazing and thank you and all. And five to 10% of people just hate it. I mean, it happens. What are you going to do? And they're not going to do it again. But for those that like it, they often do it three months in a row. And so five days out of 30 days, you know, it's not that restrictive. And then uh, maybe twice a year thereafter, that's kind of the program I do maybe three times a year after to maintain some of the metabolic and weight loss and uh, other advantages that come out of fasting in general, or the fasting mimicking diet. You know, and it's, you know, there are people that shouldn't do it. People that are brittle diabetics, people that are underweight, uh, you know, not everybody needs to drop five to 10 pounds, but because that's often what you drop in the five days, uh, a little bit faster than most people generally would see. Uh, however, a lot of us need to drop five to 10 pounds. So yeah, for a lot of us, it's a really easy thing. Uh, on my website, which you mentioned, drjoelcon.com, you can read more about prolong fasting mimicking diet if you hunt around a little bit. Yeah, and, and we're not going to be able to cover every uh, facet and aspect of what you do. You know, my main goal to have you on here was, hey, look how easy it is just to get a status update of where you're at. And it just might be eye-opening to a lot of people. Why not at least get that done and then, you know, kind of go from there. So, you know, what would your suggestion be to somebody out there listening, watching that has become very curious and wants to get the process started with you? What's the easiest way what, to do all that? Um, yeah, I'm easy. I mean, people email me all the time and, you know, we can set something up. Um, I don't mind that. It's my personal email, drkahn, D-R-K-A-H-N at kahncenter.com, K-A-H-N center, C-E-N-T-R.com. People can go to my clinic website is conlongevitycenter.com. Due to the good graces of telehealth and multiple state medical licenses, we can help people, you know, they can't physically easily get to Michigan, although we can have more fun with you if you do come to Michigan. So, um, or you could just read a book like Dead Execs. You could buy it, you know, for under $15 and get a pretty good program of what you can do in your own town probably handle scheduling that CT scan. The problem is if you find you actually have some aging of your arteries you didn't anticipate, that's really what we work on here and do a pretty good job of. And that's probably worth a formal consult. Very good. Well, hey, we appreciate all of your efforts. Uh, I'm sure you've saved many lives over the years and, and will continue to do so. And again, if we reached just one person here today, it was well worth our time. I, I agree completely. And I just want to say again, Look at, call your local hospital, medium or large hospitals, coronary artery, calcium, CT scan, see if it's free, see if it's $100, see if your family doctor will order you one, uh, eat more plants and animals, you brought that up, uh, and maybe study a little bit about Dr. Longo, L-O-N-G-O, fasting, mimicking diet, see if you can fit in your life. Those three tips are priceless. Very good. Well, thanks again, Dr. Khan, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you. Have a great day.